0: Are you done, Drew? Are you done?
1: Oh, I'm so close.
0: Focus up, meatballs. We got a fucking show to do, huh? Hey, hey, boys. It's fucking go. It's fucking go.
2: <sighs> I mean, listen. We're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
3: Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice. I'm
2: here, so I won't get fined. I'm here, so I won't get fined.
3: I don't even know where you're sitting at.
1: (laughs) I believe this is getting
0: a bit silly. Welcome back to Slam Drunk Podcast. I'm Michael H. The H stands for Hippopotamus Westner.
1: I'm Drew Hernandez. I ate a really big sandwich right before this. <laughs> Welcome back to Slam Drunk. I'm Drew Hernandez. Hey, what's up, everyone?
0: It's Mike H. The H stands for Hardy, Tom Tom Hardy, Westner.
1: Before we begin this week, I made a promise on the last episode that Augie could shit on me if I lost to him in week one in fantasy football. And unfortunately, that nightmare has become a reality. Mike, do you have a letter to read or something of that sort, some kind of script or even manuscript from our amazing producer, Og, uh, who's essentially taking a shit right on my chest?
0: Actually, Drew, I'm glad you mentioned that. Our gracious producer, Og, has decided that he needs to deliver his ass whooping with the hyphen, ass hyphen whooping in person. So anyway, here's
1: Wonderwall. Is this an instrumental, or did you learn how to play guitar? Today was
3: gonna be the day that was gonna be great for Drew. By now, you shoulda somehow realized I'm about to shit on you. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about Drew now. Travis Kelsey, talk about a bust in week one. Drew Brees, that guy really stinks, and so does the rest of your team. Trash, man. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but your team couldn't beat my team. Because they're trash. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Eckler put up nothing for you, you fool. And all the Rose Playoffs go through me. Yes, they do. And all of your players are trash And I beat you You're a cock There are many things that I Would like to shit on you for And I do know how A fucking cock A cock Because maybe You're gonna be the one that plays me Plays me And after it all You can suck my balls. This is of high quality. Suck my balls, Drew. I beat you week one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That song cured COVID-19.
1: August, did you write that by yourself? I wrote it all by myself. It took me 10 whole minutes, and I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of it, too. Very happy uh, for you, Aug. Sad for me. You came out with the W week one. I have nothing to say about, well, I do have something to say about that. Rebuttal. I've taught August a lot of what he knows about football. And, am I yelling? I've taught August a lot of what he knows about football and fantasy football. August, for that, I am proud of you as you beat me this week. That's bullet point number one. Bullet point number two. The Eagles lost to maybe the worst team in football and definitely the team with the most racist non-dinosaur mascot. And the kind fantasy related. Hey, I'm in the middle of a fucking bullet against, point here.
0: I'm taking one of your bullet points to say that's not August specific. And it hurts. It is me. August
1: specific because he well, okay, I'm playing you next week too, and and the Eagles still Whoa. lost this week. Chargers wanna know Eagles 0 1 to the most racist named team in the league, uh until not anymore. a few weeks ago. Uh.
3: Shout out Hoover Public Library.
1: All right. This this story is titled, I got a call from the Bucks this week, which is mistitled. That's not what happened. So I was sitting in my recliner the other day, definitely not during work hours if you are my employer. And I got a phone call from a number that I, I considered it was probably uh, spam. So I said, you know what? I'll answer it anyway. Sometimes I enjoy answering spam phone calls. These days, I just need a little interaction, you know? So. I answer the phone. They say, "Hi, this is a caller from West Security. You used to be one of our security guards that worked at Tampa Bay Ray games, and long story short, we need people to work the Super Bowl. Would you like to work the Super Bowl in Tampa this year?" And I said, "Fucking yes, I do." And they said, "Do you have a level D license?" And I said, "I only have my driver's license, but I will get whatever license you need me to get, and I will work the fucking Super Bowl as long as I am able to." If you guys let me, I'll do it. If you don't let me, I'll sneak in because I know there's security protocols.
0: That's fair. Congrats, Drew. I look forward to it. If if nobody knows where we are, Drew's in New Mexico. August and I are in the Tampa Bay area. Looking forward to seeing Drew when he sneaks in. We'll help him sneak in.
1: I'll need help. You've seen streakers. You've never seen three streakers that also happen to have a podcast together. I guarantee you've never seen that.
0: And, and are mobily recording their podcast while getting arrested at the Super Bowl.
1: Hey, Mike, are you drinking Heineken right now? I'm drinking Heineken right now.
0: Ooh. What a fucking coincidence, Drew. We're both drinking Heineken. It's almost like there's a special theme to this episode, which we'll reveal once we finish three Heinekens.
1: Yes. August and I spent a lot of time together on, uh, virtually on... Uh, fuck, I can't even burp right now. On Monday, we spent time uh, FaceTiming while the Steelers uh, beat the Giants pretty brutally. It was rough. And while we were watching that, our our commercials for a little while synced up because, you know, as we said, he's in the Tampa Bay area. He gets really weird commercials about Florida people on sunscreen and stuff. And I'm in New Mexico, so I get uh, ads about, you know, drinking more water and staying inside my house. One of the commercials that we saw while watching the game together that we were really impressed with uh, was one that was put on by the NFL. And it's uh, a new, I don't know if it's an organization or just like chapter of the NFL that they started, but it is NFL Votes. And we'll watch the commercial here in a second just so we can talk about it a little bit better. But the slogan of NFL Votes is, we can't win if we don't play. And that's a really important message. Mike, I've talked way too much so far about sandwiches and working security for the Rays. You know, can you tell us why it's important to vote? It's
0: important because if you need to go and get a sandwich, but there's a politician or, or a policy in place that says you can't get your sandwich, it, it's, it's kind of like you and your friends are disenfranchised from getting that sandwich. And one way to make positive change is to protest. One way to make positive change is to write. You know, you have your freedom of speech, but another way is this country gives us a great right to make a positive change by voting the people out that don't want us to make sandwiches and eat them before the podcast where we slam six Dutch beers in a row. So if anyone were to make that a policy, I, I would want to vote them out. So I'm glad that there's some, some positive change in the sports leagues to make sure that people are voting out um, people who are stopping much more serious causes than sandwiches.
1: Let's give the NFL Votes commercial
2: a listen.
0: Yo, Deshaun. How about I only block 60% of the time? I
2: right, bit fella. I'm just gonna use my left arm for 60% of my passes. Coach, I'm, I'm only showing up for 60% of the passes. Cool, I'm only coaching to win 60%
1: of the games anyway.
4: Only 60% of y'all voted in 2016? That's not gonna get it done. We can't win if we don't play. Register.
0: Register. 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 Register, Register to vote. All right, folks, on to our first segment of the day. We are going to get shitty. So let's get shitty. Drew, let's open our fourth Heineken and shit on our first week performances, our NBA chokers, and others that we just generally want to shit on. You ready, Drew?
1: I'm so ready to, to shit this week, dude. Let's hear those beers open. Oh, man. Oh, nice. Okay, let's get shitty.
0: All right, first, we're going to shit on the Giants-Steelers. What a terrible game. I know we already heard about the fantasy football performance between August August, destroying the powder blue balls, Drew Hernandez. However, what you didn't hear about was little old me in the corner who had a 95% chance to beat our dear friend Lewis in fantasy. But when it came down to Saquon Barkley picking up a, a pretty normal amount of, of fantasy points, he dropped the ball, not literally, I don't know if he had a fumble in the game, However, he got fewer rushing yards than Big Ben Roethlisberger. I lost to Lewis by one point. By one point. I went to bed needing two points. One of those points came from James Conner, who eventually went out injured. However, a bigger fuck you to Saquon Barkley, your division rival. I hate you for that. You fucked me over by literally one percentage point. Fuck you for that.
1: Just a brief statement. We're not saying fuck you to the actual players unless they do something very serious. We're just saying, you know, fantasy football wise, you know, you kind of fucked us. So, you know, not fuck you, Saquon, like actually Saquon Barkley, who, you know, even if we fought him at the same time, would absolutely wreck our shit. Um, But fuck you to the fantasy Saquon, who really uh, let my good friend Mike down, who I was not playing this week. So I was sending him well wishes. The next fantasy football player that we'll talk about, and in this one, real person, uh, because Not only does this man kiss a lot of people on the mouth, including, you know, his, his children. uh, But he also just flat out gives up on his team. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints in a division week one game. You really want to walk out with the W in that situation. And Tom Brady came out to a hot start. Everyone was saying, Oh my God, Tom Brady is 64. What is he going to be able to do against this Saints defense? And he, he proved them wrong. Uh, for the first 30 seconds of the game by rushing for a one-yard touchdown. And then he proved him right by doing literally absolutely fucking nothing for the rest of the game. So Tom Brady, get shit on for your poor performance, both in real life and in fantasy.
0: And then just to bring it back to teams uh, from sports that don't cause as much head injury, August has given me 54 seconds to talk about the Clippers' choke job Now, we've seen a lot of choke jobs. We've seen a lot of terrible performances in the NBA playoffs. The Sixers lost 4-0. The Pacers lost 4-0. The Bucs got gentleman-sweeped by the fucking heat of all teams. However, the Clippers so far have done the worst job that we've seen. On their team, they have a two-time Finals MVP, a 2 times defensive player of the year. We have a third place MVP candidate, a third place defensive player of the year candidate, Paul George, two six, six men of the year, a championship winning coach of the year, and they still lost 3-1 to the fucking Nuggets. It's the second time that's happened to them in 5 years. Doc Rivers their coach of the year, the previous coach of the year has done it 3 times including in 2015 with the Clippers and also in 2003 with the Magic, as observed by someone the Clippers traded more first round picks for Paul George than he had field goals made last night. They blew a combined 65 point lead spread over the final four games of that series. They have not Clippers have not made it to the conference finals in 50 years. They've never made it in 50 years of existence, half a century. That's the longest drought in the NHL, the MLB, the NBA, or the NFL and the franchise is now 0 8 all time in games with a chance to advance to the conference finals. That's the definition of choking. I don't even care that it was in the semifinals. That's just the definition of choking. Congrats to the Nuggets. Jokic, you're the fucking best center in the league, and I say that as an Embiid stand.
1: Mike, you know, take take a second to catch your breath there, buddy. That was fucking awesome. Uh, thank you for that expert analysis there. This is why we get paid the big bucks to do this podcast. The next thing we're going to talk about really, really, really pissed me off because I, I'm a football fan. I fucking love football. A little bit too much. I'm a little self-conscious about it. But let's not talk about me, you know, a good stand-up citizen who just drinks at least once a week a little bit too much while – You know, he enjoys maybe a foot long Italian herbs and spices, meatball marinara lovers from from Subway, not a sponsor. Let's talk about the University of Georgia, who through Twitter made an announcement today that because of concerns with coronavirus, they will be having no on-campus voting site this fall. Just absolutely fucking ridiculous, unjustifiable. You're having a football season. I love football. I'm excited to watch Georgia play. I'm less excited now that you've decided to just create another barrier to people voting, and especially young people voting, in Georgia of all places, which Georgia is like trademarked for being fucking voter suppression capital of the world. And fuck you, University of Georgia, for doing that. That's a really bullshit move. You can have football games, but you can't let people vote. Fuck you. I don't care if you're providing shuttles to other places. That's bullshit. All right, everybody. Well, Mike Pease, uh, I will talk about someone else who also deserves to be in the toilet bowl uh, right next to Mike's yellow or hopefully clear liquid. Skip Bayless. First of all, the only thing I demand that makes it into this podcast about Skip Bayless is that Skip Bayless is the Tommy Laren of the sports news world. Fuck that guy and fuck Tommy Laren too. She sucks. Uh. Normally, I can ignore Skip Bayless and all the stupid shit he talks about and all the stupid shit he says, you know, just to get likes and retweets. Uh, but recently he simply took it too far. Skip Bayless started talking about Dak Prescott's recent public announcement that he's been battling depression recently, specifically since his brother committed suicide. Dak spoke out about his experience just being so mentally exhausted that he was not being able to get out of bed and even go work out. And Skip Bayless's response was that Dak Prescott is the quarterback of America's team and essentially should suck it up, and that weaknesses shouldn't be made public by starting QB because it affects your teammates' abilities to believe in you. And Skip Bayless, quote, said, we all went through COVID and some sort of depression. Fuck you, Skip Bayless, for minimalizing that. And second of all, the next thing that he said was, just don't make me question whether you're made of the right stuff. Skip Bayless, fuck you. Out of all people that should not be criticizing professional athletes and the way that they use their voices to promote different things, especially one as sensitive and and important as mental health awareness. Fuck you, Skip Bayless. You're an absolute cuck piece of shit.
0: And to be clear, whereas Drew made the distinction that we don't hate Saquon Barkley just because of the points he got in fantasy, we do fucking hate Skip Bayless for that You toxic masculine piece of shit.
1: And yes, on our last episode, we did shit on Dak, but we shit on Dak as a fantasy person and as a division rival, not as a person.
0: Can we start a thing where every time we do an electronic signature and it asks us if it wants to email the receipt, can we send all of our receipts to Slam Drunk Pod? Hey, everyone listening, send your receipts that you don't need, like $10 and under. Send them to slamdrunkpod at gmail.com. We'll rate your purchases. We'll let you know if you got a good deal or not.
1: That's a great idea, Mike.
0: Thanks, bud. I'm just trying to see the last four digits of everyone's credit card numbers. Welcome back, everybody, to the beer of the week. This week, we are drinking the Dutch Algae, as they call it in my living room, the one and only Amsterdam's finest European lager, Heineken. This is a 5% beautiful beer you can find in the most places. We're huge fans. And because we have a certain surprise European segment coming up, we wanted to give it the, the right attention that Holland deserves.
1: Mike, something that's impressed me a lot about Heineken is this our first foreign beer, I think? Yeah. I think I think so. Something that really impressed me while I was looking up the origin of this beer and just its general history was that Heineken has been brewed since 1873, otherwise known as the year before 1874, with the same recipe. They've been using the same recipe the entire time. On their website, they list the flavor as being smooth, nicely blended bitterness, clean finish, and they say the aroma – has a shade of fruitiness. It is recommended to be drank or slammed drunk at 35 to 40 degrees. I assume that that's Celsius. I I don't know my different types of temperatures. I know that your weight is different on the moon. I assume this is one of those situations. Mike, what else do you have to say about this beer before we move on?
0: If I had to drink any beer while I was on the moon, I'd want it to be Holland Thunder, the one and only Heineken. Give it a red star and a green bottle, and I'll drink it on any fucking planet.
1: I thought the Holland Thunder was our European uh, sports correspondent.
0: I think it might be. Speaking of which, when we come back, it's time to check in on our European sports correspondent, Bill.
1: As soon as Bill opens his incognito tab, I'm ending the meeting. Before we jump into this, let's just
3: remember to have high energy and wait and see. Oh my god.
0: All right, everybody. It's about time to check in on our European sports
1: correspondent,
0: the one and only Bill.
1: In June 2019, we sent Bill to London. Uh, what country is London in? Uh, Scotland. You fucking kidding me? To cover the first MLB series in Europe between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. And I think he's just been there ever since we sent him. Guys, thanks so much
4: for having me on. I did get the memo. I, I picked up some Heineken. For today's episode, you know, it's from the Netherlands. It's where I find myself right now. I'm about four tall boys deep and ready to report whatever you guys need from me.
1: It's great to have you here, Bill. I'm glad you're finding yourself in the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're ready to give us a big Netherlands-sized report. So, how about it, buddy?
1: Yeah, Drew, I am ready to
4: give that report. You know, the game was was actually the first time that both of those teams played on artificial turf in almost 2,200 games. And I know what you're wondering. It's New York that hold the winning record with 1,191 wins to the 991 against the Sox with 14 ties plus a
1: 12-11 advantage in postseason matchups.
0: This game is the most confused game of
2: that I'm knowing.
1: Great job, Bill. It's really good to hear about the London series. I mean, a 12-11 advantage in the postseason Absolutely uh, catastrophic.
0: Yeah, what an exciting series this has turned out to be, uh, Bill. Please give us some highlights of that series that we paid you to go see in London.
4: Well, Mike, this this series was a a really big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, It was the first MLB games to be played in Europe. And in order to get the, the true, authentic American feel on these artificial baseball stadiums, they shipped over clay for the pitcher's mound and from home plate, from Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, and also two tons of Nathan's Hot Dogs.
1: Ask me about my winner! Uh,
4: Mike, do you think I, I could come home now? I mean, the, the reporting for the London series has got to be over by now. I mean, the game is long over. Uh, I don't even know if I have a, a, a valid visa to be where I am right now. I, I'm really looking forward to coming home. I don't know. I just, can you please kind of give me some kind of guidance? I don't even know where my employment stands with slam drunk right now
1: can you believe how detailed and sophisticated the reporting from this guy is he sounds like he's been studying at the oxford university wherever that is
4: well uh, uh, an american baseball game in europe does bring a lot of opportunities for a lot of different baseball related activities in america such as Turfus athletics near chicago which provided the soil conditioner while Mount tamps, infield drags and nail drags are from Beacon Athletics out of Middleton, Wisconsin, even the fence padding was manufactured at Covermaster outside Toronto and shipped from Montreal. That's a little opportunity given to uh, our, our Canadian partnerships out of, uh, you know, Toronto and what used to be Montreal. Uh, guys, I'm really lonely in Europe right now, and uh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be uh, your U.S. sports correspondent, but I... I mean, I really, I really would love the opportunity to come home. Please. And Please
1: we're really happy it. to have you here, Bill. Uh, I would have never known that the infield drags and the nail drags are from Beacon Athletics in Middleton, Wisconsin. Absolutely amazing. I don't know what I would do without you.
0: Yeah, I never would have known that Montreal was in Canada if you weren't over there in Europe to tell us about that local Montreal shipments.
1: I thought Montreal shared a border with Tampa Bay.
0: You know, that's actually the ocean, Drew. But you were close.
1: Bill, have you watched any European games recently? Uh, no, there haven't been any European
4: games recently, actually, Drew. <laughs> Nothing much more to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay,
1: Bill. What's the news story you have to report on?
4: As we're probably surprised, the, the fans here turn out to get pretty angry. You know, I witnessed something firsthand. Actually, at the beginning of this month, there was a, a football match between the local football club here, FC Cronia and a German club by the name of Armenia Bielefeld. And apparently some fans at a local pub here got into some heated arguments and what led to a bunch of people angry out in the street throwing chairs and tables. There's, there's a video on it at Nos Puntinel, which shows a pretty good video of this actually happening. But dude, you would be, you'd be surprised, man. Shit goes down in the streets.
1: I can't believe the Europeans get that angry over sports over there. Dude, it's like a religion, man. It
4: was, like, it was like a crusade, dude. It's like a religion for them. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a crusade
1: against, against the enemy. I'm familiar with crusades, Bill. I can't imagine how we could do this show without our European correspondent, William James Powell.
0: Bill, if you had to, in your expert reporting detail and history, compare European sports fans to one major religion, which religion and why?
4: Well, I'd compare it to <laughs> probably to Christianity because that's what most of them are, actually.
0: Great work, great work, crusading, great work. I've never seen better reporting. You no, know, it's
4: it, it, it it's a country against another country kind of thing. You see here, a lot of even a lot of Dutch
1: teams go up against other Dutch teams. Great reporting, Bill.
0: Yeah, I've <laughs> honestly the Pulitzer Prize is in the mail, buddy.
1: It's in the international mail while you're there,
0: Bill. Chairs being thrown in the streets near your house, pubs going crazy. I'm a closeted soccer fan. I I never let August and Drew know, but I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. They're a team in London. I know they faced a Dutch team in the Champions League last year and had a comeback against Ajax, the Dutch team. How do you respond to that? Nationality versus nationality. How does that not spark a war when you have one country basically beat the shit out of the other one in an international theater?
4: Well, I think that's where historical political struggles of, of Europe really, really shine. Whereas on the football field, it's like old brewing conflicts shine forth and really, and really breathe to life on the, on the soccer field. But how, how you can see that and how it's measured is 150% through the fans. The fans do everything. It's really not the players. The players really have nothing to do with any of it.
1: Fuck, Bill. You are a really goddamn good reporter. Shit
0: yeah good god man i oh dude something about this guy's reporting just something else
1: man they named the big clock in uh london norway after him it's called big bill
4: yo i'm here i don't have a webcam boys well i already almost threw up like three times (laughs) yeah that's unfortunate but it's the truth you ever asked David about an anchovy pizza before? Oh, Mike, your enthusiasm is softening my... bonus. All
0: right, folks. Now it's time to meet a mascot. This week, we wanted to meet someone from a special European descent. And even though there is a goat, a live goat, who is designated to sit next to all of FC Kohn's matches in Germany as a soccer team, we decided to give it the old US spin for old Bill. So, We're meeting the Viking's mascot from 1994 to 2015, Ragnar
1: the Viking. Ragnar the Viking, the only human mascot in sports, was played by Joe Jurinich. This is a guy that a bearded man aspires to be. He wears a lot of fur that I'm positive was ethically sourced He wears a belt around his waist, a little bit high. Obviously, the man lifts weights, and this is where he's used to wearing his belt. He has a hat, clearly made of of metal, probably uh, forged by a blacksmith themselves, and has two horns coming out of his head. This is a real person, Joe Jurinich, and this is, in a good way, a man's man. He's essentially wearing Uggs. He often stands on a purple and yellow motorcycle, that the front wheel, if you look up the picture, if you look at the same picture I'm looking at, the front wheel on this motorcycle is absolutely fucking gigantic. Joe holds the current world record for fastest time shaving a beard with an axe, but has not shaved his beard since he won the job as Ragnar, qualifying as number one among 3,000 candidates.
0: Ragnar looks like Will Ferrell from Eurovision if he gave up music and sold all of his assets for crack money, but then had to kill a bull And use the inside of it for warmth and for some reason decided to ride wario's motorcycle and a fun fact joe's wife actually sent in the application he was a security guard at a high school and, and he was able to rile up some of his students to cheer him on at his tryout for moral support
1: if you haven't heard of ragnar before otherwise known as joe for some of us he really provides an inspirational story i work at a school i have a beard one day i may stand on a fluorescent purple and yellow motorcycle and flaunt myself in a hat made of horns and a dress code that only supports direct animal products
0: in 2015 there was a pay dispute where ragnar wanted 20000 dollars of pay per game which was up from his measly 1500 or if you're layman 1500 a game a massive massive pay increase after he was not asked back by the vikings he pulled to commercial where he in costume in dress as ragnar put on a packers style cheese head the vikings then beat the packers that day to win the nfc north division
1: i support ragnar and his claim to fame with his large pay increase that he demands good for you ragnar know your worth the Vikings' new mascot looks exactly like him, but in the form of a mascot. Good good for both parties, I hope. Uh, Michael Hardy, Tom. What do you think... Uh, Wesner. <laughs> Michael Hardy, Tom Wesner, What do you think are the advantages to having a human mascot versus a pee-pee-poo-poo mascot?
0: I think a... a, a... A human mascot is really great because you miss out on a lot of facial expressions a lot of a lot of really deep-seated emotional meanings in a person's face when you have someone in costume i love you know the philly fanatic gritty for example they're they're fantastic they do a lot with their bodies but this motherfucker with his large beard and his motorcycle every photo of him i see screaming it just makes me feel a different kind of way. Like he actually wants to destroy me if I'm wearing a cheese set in the stadium. How about you? What, what do you think? My, my initial thoughts are pay him whatever the fuck he wants when he looks at me that way.
1: Yeah. A couple of quick bullet points on, on Ragnar. First of all, uh, Ragnar dope fucking name. Second of all looks the part fits the part. Uh, he's having, he's, he's doing everything that's asked of him and probably more. Number three, uh, the Vikings are not lacking in money. There's not a lot to do around whatever Minnesota city people are hanging out in up there. Uh. You have the Mall of Antarctica, and besides that, there's not really much else to do there. So employing an actual human being that gets to show his human being self, that's a big plus for me. And lastly, I don't know what fucking bullet point we're on, a third or four or five. Ragnar, as a human being mascot, I don't know if you've ever seen the little uh, you know skits or the, the little YouTube videos of the mascots playing peewee football with actual peewee footballers, and it's adults in the mascot costumes playing football with a bunch of children and absolutely dominating them because they are adults. As someone who enjoys seeing these kids get absolutely run over by fictional characters, I think Ragnar, an actual human being, fits perfectly into that and takes it to the next level. Let Ragnar go out there, and you know his cardio is probably not great, but he will punch you in the fucking mouth. It doesn't matter if you're seven, eight, or nine years old. I would really like to see that. And I think that that event singularly would increase the revenue for the Vikings to allow him that $20,000 per game paycheck that he already deserves because the NFL has a pretty much endless amount of money.
0: I would personally pay a substantial amount of money for a ticket to see him in Wee if he was allowed to use his motorcycle throughout. Oh, I don't know why I keep opening beers so close to my fucking keyboard.
1: Like your synthesizer? Yeah, man. Like, like you have a piano? rat,
0: not just piano. Uh, a piano. A 46-key Casio. For
1: the record, that, that burp was a little bit wet at the end.
0: Now back to our European correspondent all the way from South Africa, Bill, who's doing a flawless job earning that Pulitzer Prize in the Big Crepe.
4: Couldn't be more proud
0: of Bill. I just adopted Bill.
4: Guys, I really appreciate the compliments on my reporting, but you know this is this is over a year old, and I really have not been doing any reporting for the past several months. And I'd really just like to know if there's something I can report on back home.
1: Yeah, man, no worries. Your your reports are great. I will never have a problem complimenting your reports. They're outstanding. Standalone reporting. Just
0: keep it up. Great job, um, Bill. I know you're back home. You're a big uh, Philly fan, like August and I throwing chairs is in our blood. How, how would you compare European fans to, to this different animal that we are over here?
4: I will say the, the biggest difference that I've noticed firsthand are that the people here are way more out for blood. It's way more about, I, I will end you, as opposed to, look what I stand up for, it's better than what you do. <laughs> This is, I'm going to shove this chair so far down your throat that you will be no more.
1: Well, that's why they have the Second Amendment right to bear chairs over there. And that right will not be infringed upon.
4: And that has been made clear, especially through football.
1: Or as as the
4: Europeans call it, soccer.
0: Wow, great reporting, man. I had no idea that people called football soccer over there. If it weren't for you and your fantastic reporting, never would, have, never would have made that one-to-one.
1: Absolutely stunning reporting, Bill. Really worth some sort of award. Mike, can you think of some kind of award that we can give to Bill or nominate Bill with?
0: Absolutely, Bill. There is a Pulitzer Prize labeled Burger King crown labeled with your name on it sitting in my kitchen for you.
4: Guys, I really appreciate the the nomination for a Pulitzer Prize, but you know what would be way more useful to me right now is probably a paid position.
0: Yeah, great great field work. Great field work. Maybe once you hit that one-year tenure, uh, we'll start talking about it. Really love everything you've done so far for us, Bill. Thank you. Looking forward to another great three months.
1: Yeah, Bill, you really just – I feel like you almost have something different inside you that makes you such a stellar reporter. Speaking of which, what would you say is your spirit mascot?
4: My spirit mascot would definitely be a, a bird of the sea. Or, you know what? Sticking with, with the theme of, of slam drunk, I would say a, a dinosaur. Specifically, a stegosaurus. I want to see a stegosaurus mascot. That is my spirit mascot, Drew. A stegosaurus.
1: This is why we pay Bill so much fucking money for his goddamn awesome, shit-fucking-crazy reporting. Fuck, Wow god damn
0: i'm blown away i i had to take my shirt off uh between segments this is this is nuts i've never heard of such good reporting in my life thank you thank thank you mike
1: no bill really really thank you for just the you're built different bill your reporting is built different we have decided unanimously right now uh on the phone with you to extend your assignment to cover the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris, which is like right next door to you.
4: What, what, a, what an incredible opportunity. Thank you, guys. I really look forward to it. And I also really look forward to uh, my huge, huge raise that comes with this too. So thank you guys so much.
0: Yeah, Bill, we, we're definitely going to raise the amount of exposure that you get just from this episode. It's, it's going to do amazing things for you, for your career as, as an adjunct reporter Bill if I had to teach a class on journalism I would I would quit my post at the college and, and tell them to hire you instead because I've learned more today than
4: I have in, in years Well Mike can you can you actually do that for me please because I'm open to opportunities so that sounds like a very promising one for me so thanks for doing that for me Mike
0: You're not unemployed you are a tenured intern okay tenured intern
1: Bill as soon as we start getting those emails slamdrugpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com we we can start paying you we can start a fund for your family both for them to travel and see you and a college fund uh for the little billy and billas
0: bill i named my dog after you because of your reporting
4: thanks guys i really appreciate it all
1: right bottoms up i don't feel good i i feel bad we'll get into this in the review i recommend the heineken I even hit Control-F on their website. I cannot find footlong and meatball marinara. Don't mix the two. Um, I'm enjoying the Heineken, but I am not enjoying the experience between Heineken and Subway. Do not collaborate them. Welcome to the Mike and Drew Beer Review. Ahoy, Michael Wessner. How is the Heineken 5% brewed since the year before 1874 beer from holland wherever that is in europe six heineken's deep
0: brother it's me hardy tom wessner and i love heineken i've always loved heineken i mean i could drink a full vat of heineken i've never been to amsterdam although i've been to the amsterdam airport actually and fun fact they literally had a small room in the middle of the airport made out of Heineken bottles to smoke in. I'm not kidding. Heineken bottles. A green room that was decorated to look like the American flag using the colors. Amazing. If you've never choked on the smoke inside of a Heineken bottle in Amsterdam, then you haven't experienced Heineken. What are your initial thoughts?
1: My initial thoughts are good. When I drank this beer, the first thing I thought was smooth because, yes, I did absolutely engulf a meatball marinara sandwich before this and it is not sitting well in my stomach and the Heineken is not being the aggressor in that situation. Now that I think about it I don't know if I'm biased towards or against beers that come in green bottles Um, but what I can say is that I enjoyed this one. Uh, The color green never tasted so good.
0: All of my experiences with the Heineken have been positive. I call it Heine. I love drinking Heine's. There's nothing wrong with having a nice Heine after work. There's nothing wrong with having a nice six-pack of Heine while you record a podcast. It's one of those nice sipping beers that you can enjoy just after work. You can have it at a bar and not feel lame about yourself like you might if you drank like a a light beer. To my knowledge, none of your friends are going to make fun of you if you're drinking Heineken. It's a 5% middle-of-the-road alcohol. It's a little bit foreign. As we learned, You you can get it in Europe. As per our European correspondent, who definitely doesn't need any letters sent home to his family, stop asking about that. Yeah, I love it. It's a great beer. I've loved it from beer one to beer six. I've loved it all my life. Drew, if you could rate Heineken on a scale of one to ten, where would it fall on your rating scale?
1: If I had to rate the Heineken Original Premium Malt Lager on a scale from one to ten... I would have to give it at least a seven. I think I'm going to stick with seven, actually, because this is a mainstream beer. I like that they're using the same recipe since 1873, so over 500 years from now. That's a really old, awesome recipe. I, I really like that aspect of it. Uh, on the other hand, I don't really trust like the kind of really large distribution especially since it has to cross an ocean. Personally, I would never ride a boat across the Atlantic Ocean, so I don't trust a beer that does. If I had
0: to give a a point value to Heineken on a scale of 1 to 10, it would be 1,873, one fantastic point for every year that it took between the the birth of Christ and the invention of Heineken because it deserves that many points on a scale.
1: If Heineken were a team...
0: We can just spitball if you want. If you're not ready, we can just go back and forth, a little sparring. My first thought was the Celtics because Green, but I hate the Celtics.
1: I fucking hate the Celtics. See, I was gonna go Tampa Bay Rowdies, also just because they're Green. <laughs> I like that. You know, I there's really not like a lot that. of analysis. In that.
0: I love that. That's really good. Drew Hernandez is gonna pee. Everybody, I should probably also pee.
1: I'm going to pee. Mike's going to pee. We're all going to pee. And then we're back.
4: I would compare Heineken to the Philadelphia Flyers. Only because, uh, you know, the can that I'm holding right now and drinking is cold. And my first thought of cold in sports is hockey. My favorite ice hockey team is the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's where I draw the connections, Mike.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense, Bill. I mean, a lot of what we do here is very – very extremely sensual so for you to pick up on on the physical aspects of the beer as far as its temperature uh maybe what it tastes and you know feels like when you caress it it's very important to take into account not a lot of people get this aspect not everyone has what you have as a reporter bill
4: thank you for appreciating the integrity of my profession drew
3: (laughs) hey guys it's your producer Og. And this week's Slam Drunk is proud to feature legendary Philadelphia sports rapper and 1950s baseball caricature, Major Van Winkle, performing his 2018 Eagle Super Bowl Champions rap on 94.1 WIP Sports Radio. Rest easy, Mage. I'm thinking about you
2: and Wink. Yeah. Talk to him like Uh-huh. Look at how far that they went from throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. But in the end, the city still believed in St. Nick. While Belichick's Pats were shoeing for the championship, they had no soul. The shoe didn't fit. Get it? We found direction and a purpose of fate that we were perfectly just working to make. Told the city we got a brand new mural to paint. A picture of Brandon Graham standing in the Timmy Jernigan's place. Getting a strip sack and pissing on the Pats dynasty like a urinal cake. So I don't want to hear your words of verbal debate Cause I know it wasn't pretty, but I'm pretty damn sure it was great We was turning the page while they was judging our last chapter They was all ass backwards Super Bowl champs got a brand new flag in the rafters Who's getting the last laugh at us? This team embodied everything that we believe in but still the cheaters told us to keep dreaming. Uh, they said that Brady was the goat that we don't know that every single weekend he does hot yoga and he eats vegan and has a massage therapist to help clean him. Time versus time. Well, our time threw him off the deep end. I can't even wrap my head around what we did. I tell Brady to kiss the ring, but he'd rather make out with his kid. <laughs> hey, that's a champion, a fierce competitor. Actually, he needs Chris Hansen to catch a predator. Speaking of hands, son, he ain't got none. He ain't Foles and Trey Burton out the shotgun. Philly special foes was on target all night with his green seeking missiles. You probably shed a tear once your team heard the whistle. The underdogs won and y'all lost. Sorry Patriots, it's official. And that's for North Philly, South Philly, West Philly Center City, Allegheny Ave. That is going for the gold when you really want it bad and reaching in your soul and giving it everything you have. That was Carson Wentz's TD pass on a torn ACL smiling while he hobbled to the bench. So obviously everything we got after that was probably still an accomplishment of his. And I'm positive this team is more than just athletes. It's at least a brotherhood, a bond to the end. So glory be to God for the win. I'm shocked when it's almost way too much to comprehend. Cause they did it for us and they did it for them. And we the people who always bleed green for the Eagles. They felt the heartbeat of the city and ran with its pulse. And ate some goat they got a whole beak full. I'm yelling fly, Eagles fly. Giving one more rhyme for one last time. And I mean, I know this team is far from even done yet. But as for me, I'm riding off into the... Sunset. Thank you, WYP, for having me on. Yelling go birds to infinity and beyond. If I'm ever back, please do keep my seat warm. But as for now, I'm leaving as a world champion. Yelling E A G L E S 2K18 ended in the best way. What more can I say? It was definitely destiny. You know the facts that I was spitting, uh? It was easy to rap because we was winning. Uh. And the Eagles will be back in a minute, but they won the Super Bowl. And they actually did it. Thank you, guys. It's a fitting Thank finale. You. I'm Audi.
1: I'm your host, Drew Hernandez.
0: I'm also your host, Michael uh, Hardy, comma, <laughs> Tom... Tom Hardy Westner.
1: August, the bestest dictor, is our chicken coop painter and producer.
0: Sophie Levinson is our sound
1: engineer. Tyler Salami Eglund is responsible for our episode art. If you like it, great. If not, send an email to Tyler.egland at
0: William James Powell, comma masters, because he got his master, is our European sports correspondent all the way from Tokyo.
1: Our intro song samples dreams by dj quads check out chill out records on youtube and chilloutmedia.com
0: if you have any questions comments concerns memes death threats
1: and or
0: just random terrible videos that you want us to report to the police send them to SlamDrunkPod at gmail.com
1: again please don't drink if you're under the age 21 unless you are in a country that allows that uh such as insert countries here
0: and if you are in insert country here the united states please 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 wear a mask or don't go anywhere but if you have to go anywhere wear a mask or be like us and talk through zoom
1: for a mid podcast I am okay with the lightness or the clarity of the color of tea that i just had mike's a cuck and i'm drew hernandez
0: Here's a mic, and I'm Cuck Westner slash Tom Hardy.
1: Good stuff, good
4: stuff, good stuff. Uh.